Welcome to Belly Up to the Blackboard, a podcast focused on the reality of teaching and other musings from and about professionals, hosted by Chris Munn and Justin Russell. Welcome to uh, episode two of Belly Up to the Blackboard. Uh, today's episode, we're going to title it The Great Resignation. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, before we panic, this is not some giant announcement or anything. Um, yeah, we don't you, plan on doing anything political today. <laughs> if you listen to uh, or read anything about education, you notice that there's a lot of uh, teachers, you know, leaving the uh, industry or the the educational realm, and not a lot coming in. Yeah, there's a huge shortage. I don't know what state you guys live in or where you're from, but I do know Iowa is fast tracking a lot of educators who are at college level and those things, and they're trying to even pull in people from the you know public sector to come teach, kind of lowering some of those requirements. So, yeah, and we'll get into that. There's an article I found in the Associated Press that it's pretty interesting on the different things that states are are doing to. Even just for substitute teachers, um, they're they're lowering requirements and age, and um, we're going to talk about that. But before we do that, we're going to jump into. Um, let's say you do leave the teaching industry, right? Um, what what are you going to do? Right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. So we're going to talk about um, maybe the top five jobs better than teaching, quote unquote. Um, and then maybe the top five jobs that are, are, are worse. Yeah. So, yeah. What requirement are you? Are you, what kind of like matrix are you know the teacher in us is going to say like all right here's here's our scoring criterion. Are we are we saying better as in like pay? Are we saying that are equivalent to what teachers do? Because I don't know if there is a profession that's out there that's equivalent to what teachers do. Um, no, I uh, <laughs> when I made my list. I, oh, look at you, Mr. Official, I did. making I made a, list. a list. I had some time. Um, <laughs> no, there's there's different things that um, it's not always going to be like better pay. It could be better hours. Because yeah, um, we've both left kind of for that idea of better pay or the grass is greener, right? Like we've we both kind of ventured into that space. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we, we've uh, taken that one year hiatus, as one of our old colleagues called it, and <laughs> found our way back. Um, yeah. But no, so this is not a definitive list. This is just off the top of my head. Maybe it's just fun things you'd want to do. If yeah. You, you know, if you won the lottery. Or uh, even if skill set wasn't a question, right? Like, you know, they always tell you to find something you love and you won't work a day in your life. Well, you know, there's a lot of people out there like golf, right? They love it. Absolutely. <laughs> but not very good and won't make much money, will they? It's not so. on my list, but I wouldn't mind <laughs> driving around on a golf cart all day checking on people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can hear you on that one. Um I would have to agree with you, though. I, I don't know if there's a definitive list. I, I don't know if uh, it's kind of like when people rank cities, right? Like, oh, you know, such and such cities, the best city of top 10, right? And I think there's so many criterion and factors you could make your own list. So, yeah. And everybody's like you said, everybody's just going to be different. And, um, well, let's let's just get right to it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So, um, n- number one, um, not a possibility, probably. Um, and, and if you know me, you know, I, I like to hunt. I'm terrible at hunting, but I like to do it. Um, and I've always said that I, I'd love to have some land. Um, so for number one would be running a game farm, right? Yeah. I mean, I picture if you had a ton of acres, you know, you had, you were able to, whether you fence it off or you didn't. And 
I just pictured driving around all day, putting up deer blinds, trimming things up, driving around in a bobcat or a, you know, or one of those mules, and yeah, it'd just be like at home all day. Oh god, it's a lot. That's a lottery life. win. That's what that is. If you win the lottery, that would be fun to do. Well, thinking about like the stuff that you would not have to be concerned about in order to do that lifestyle, right? And I think you're right. Um, and it may not even be a, a lottery lifestyle. I'm, I, there may be some of you out there listening to our podcast who who are living that dream that we have. And, um, and you know, you figure out a way how to, to make that a reality. But you're right. I, I think that would be stellar. Do you think part of that, though, Chris, is um, really the ability to make your own to-do list for the day, kind of creating that success criterion? I think so. Yeah, like I said, it's kind of like a lottery, um, a lottery list of. I just I've got a bunch of land. I can drive around on it all day, do things here and there, and then it, somebody pays you to come hunt on it, and that's yeah. how you make your income. Oh, absolutely, man. No, that's a good one. I uh, I don't have a I don't have a professional list like Chris does. Um, you know, I've often thought about. Um, I love working with my hands. I love building things. I think that's why right now, the last five years, I could say probably kept me in education was that idea that we were building something. And for those of you who don't know, like Chris and I, we both do special ed and then we both do math. And so we've really, the last three years, had to recreate curriculum every year. And I know so many of you out there are teaching do the same. And so it's that idea of building things. And I think I would love to um, run my own... uh, you know house home flipping or or remodeling not necessarily the designing side of it but you know a wall goes there a structure comes there like a wall comes down here (laughs) exactly um but you know it is it's that idea that uh i can make that to-do list um i know that uh you're right if that wall doesn't come down today there's there's tomorrow and i don't have anybody that's going to tell me otherwise you know um yeah and i mean i know we've talked about that before (laughs) Eventually, you know, going together and get a house and um, flipping it, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, just working with your hands all day. Um, it's it, it's enjoyable, at least, I know, for uh, for a hobby. And I don't know, like, by the time I'm 60, if I'm working I'm with my hands all day, if, how sore I'm going to feel. You're you still going to want to do it, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so number two. So number two is something we've kind of done already um, of being like a sales rep for um like a distributor so like uh, or a distillery or yeah. working at a distillery i mean yeah. it, it's called belly up to the blackboard and, and i'm not gonna lie i do enjoy <laughs> um you know a spirit every now and then and when we worked for a distributor and we're um you know you see the people out in in fairway and high v handing out samples you know we did that for a stint as as you know part-time along with teaching and i just had fun it it was fun doing it. You talk to people. Yeah. You go to the big events. You know, yeah. it, it, you didn't make a ton of money. You no. know, no. it's part time, but it was a blast. I had fun doing that. Yeah, and I and I think you hit something right there, man. Is um, you know, a lot of people think that uh, that teachers don't work a lot of hours, right? Like we get all those breaks, we get summer break, uh, and people forget that there's a lot that happens behind the scenes. It's it's kind of like. I, I almost say it's almost like a, a concert you go to. You know, you, you see those guys come out on the stage or do their deal, and then they just take off. But but everyone forgets there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the behind the curtain. And so um, these these jobs that we're saying, they're, they're by no means, like, 
the things that are going to change our lives. But in the same token, I, I think you're right. There's some excitement in it, and that's a criterion in itself, right? Yeah, I think the fun of it. I mean, not every one of these checks off every list of enjoyable, makes a bunch of money, things like that. I mean, it's just one of those things that um, a different idea. Yeah. Um, all right. So my my next one is kind of a, I would say, a nerdy thing, but I would love to be a new board game tester. Like a guy, <laughs> like someone who just, you know, lock me in a room for six, seven hours a day, give me like 10 different board games to try out, and I, and I think I could do that. I, now, my writing, and for all you English majors as you're listening to us, uh, you can tell is not the, going to be the greatest, but in the same token, I think I could write a report or two about this uh, this new board game coming out or some new fancy game. I, I think I'd have fun at that. Board games are fun. I, I think if we were younger, we'd probably say video game to tester. <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> now it's board games. I still say board game or board card games. game. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be fun. You'd have to find a few more people because it'd be kind of boring on your own. Yeah. Well, now they have, what, robots and, and all that <laughs> there other you go. stuff. Yeah. You can talk to Alexa. <laughs> Can't say that too loud or she'll turn on. Yeah. Um, all right, number three that I had on here. Okay, I don't know where I came up with this one because I've never done it. Um, it just popped into my head. Like being a photographer at sporting events. I'm terrible at a camera. I don't yeah. have a camera. Yeah. I've got my phone. Yeah. <laughs> but I enjoy sports, and I don't know, maybe just being close and some taking a cool picture. Cool picture, too, or, uh, you know, getting mowed over by uh, somebody yeah, as you're taking a picture. Yeah, getting I mean... You end I'm, up on ESPN. That would be good. Yeah, one of those uh, not top tens. You just get smoked by a receiver run. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know why I came up with that, but I put it on my list. So that That's my number three, sports photographer. All right. I like it. Um, well, you know, there's a lot of money in it. I mean, think about all those those opportunities it's a niche area i'd have to be good at it and i don't think i would be well it's know, a lottery it's another lottery that's, one that's right? some years of practice right yeah. and uh, name recognition um yeah i um you know there are days um now i do enjoy having stints of time where i'm on my own and i i think i would enjoy those guys who just haul stuff like not even a semi driver, and and I think I would enjoy that too. But for those of you who don't know, I'm like five foot three. I mean, I don't think I can reach the pedals very well. He could put those blocks <laughs> on the pedals. Oh yeah, yeah. Anywho, um, yeah. But you know, like I see them on the interstate all the time. They're towing like campers and yeah. flatbeds and everything else. And I mean, I know you're some of you are out there going, well, you could do that now. But I I think like not going, you know. 10 miles, you know, distance. I think something, you know, from state to state and just making that a full thing, like books on tape and all that other fun stuff. You know? Yeah, I think the camper one would be pretty easy. I mean, we, we both camp. We both, yeah, you know, take campers around the state. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of, they'll do it from Indiana and they'll haul them all the way up to Alaska or, you know, all over the country. And um, unless you hit into a storm, it, it would be a pretty nice thing to do. And I think they pay pretty well as well. I think so too. It's just the idea of... Um, you know, kind of that solidarity and being lost in your own thoughts. Now, I'm sure after a while they get kind of monotonous, kind of like, you know, those people who travel 10 months of the year, 11 months of the year, you know. Yeah, a lot of a lot of windshield time. And, you know, if you're solo and, you, you know, you don't have a family or anything, it yeah. maybe makes it easier. You get a little... Yeah. Listen to a lot of books on tape or, oh. or podcasts. For for those of you who aren't that old like we are, uh, that would be podcasts. Podcast. Like that. Audiobooks. <laughs> 
get a subscription to Audible. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, so number four. Now, this is one that um, it's more realistic. I would probably take a huge pay cut. But, like, just one of those guys, and I don't know if you guys have ever been to a, a gun range, but the guy that checks you in, gives you the target, um, you know, turns on the lane so people can shoot, shuts it off. And, I, you know, I enjoy shooting a gun every now and then, and I think just working at a place that um, – that has those and you're able to, you know, shoot whenever you want and you can't buy the ammo there. But, um, I don't know. That's probably the oddest one on my list, but I think it'd be fun. It'd be a monotonous job. You just shut your brain off, you know, go and take care of business. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I think that'd be a good one. Um, yeah, that, I, I think that is more realistic, but you're right. Um, I wonder what it would take to do that. Probably a lot of permits I'm guessing. Yeah, well, not just run a gun, just work at one. Oh. Not open my own. Oh. No, well, just yeah. go to the local gun range and You could do that part-time now, man. <laughs> I, I could do it. <laughs> you got a laptop in front of you. That's so true. I, I could do it now. <laughs> All right, so number four. Number four for you. All what right. You number four for me is I think it would take a lot of training, but I, I kind of I think I would like to be maybe a, a bomb disposal person. <laughs> I, I honestly, I mean, I think about it. Like you, those of you out here teach, you know, the day you get evaluated literally is like disconnecting a bomb. Like you know that kid who shouts out, "What are we doing? We've never done this before!" And you're like, for the hundredth time, we have, right? Like, um, if you're teaching <laughs> stressful, yeah. And you go, you know, like blue wire, red wire, you know, like, uh, is it on the timer? Is it not? And uh, I mean, those guys don't get lunch breaks, and we don't get lunch breaks. I'm not comparing by any way means <laughs> or shape. Not. Yeah, I hope we don't get phone calls from <laughs> bomb disposal guys. But you know, like the ability to run that little robot in a high tense situation, and um, no, you know, I I always thought there was a lot of skill and uh, kind of just uh, badassery in that. You know? Oh, absolutely. Now, are you talking about running the robot or going out yourself and dis- disposing of the bomb? Uh, or disconnected it. You know, after a few more drinks, easy. I might I might say the suit itself mainly. <laughs> um, I don't know if those are two separate jobs, but I don't uh, know. That's a good question. <clears throat> guy that runs the remote, yeah, or guy that actually goes and pulls. If up, any of you are out there on the a wire. police force large enough to have a bomb disposal unit, like feel free to email us. Like send that in, Twitter it, whatever. Yeah, let us know. I'd be interested to know if. That's the same guy, or that's two different. It's like the guy that goes and flies the drones. Is he the same guy that? I don't think he's the same guy that goes and is on the front lines. No, but I, I don't think it's a guy who has you know a thousand hours of helicopter flight time either that's operating true. that sucker. So um, that's true. Okay, so bomb disposal number four for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, number five. So without being like. A college coach, just like a full time coach. Like oh. that's all I do. And maybe it's like part time coach and that's all I do. Yeah. But if you know that's you just coach, that's it. Yeah. You know? I think I think that would be enjoyable. Yeah, I think you're in the wrong state for that. I think so too. I think yeah. I need to move to, to Florida or somewhere warmer. It's like five degrees right now. So that, <laughs> they that play wouldn't football work. year round. Yeah, much. we might have to shovel our track off before the season starts. Yeah, that'd be fun. So full time coach, but not a guy that recruits, like a full time high school coach. Yeah, that's all good. you do. Yeah, I think that's another lottery one because I don't think unless you go down south, and then you might make the money. Yeah, um, but not yeah, up north. I think so. I mean, 
I think don't you think a lot of those guys probably had had like connections out of college, right? Like they Oh, I'm sure. They yeah. kind of knew or they were like in the, you know, they kind of bounced around from pro team to pro team as like an assistant, some I like think an so. assistant assistant. Well, the right? resume is definitely longer than mine. Yeah, well, maybe not longer, just more quality at times, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like uh, That's true. a small school in Iowa is not going to unless you're, you know, like what Ed Thomas or yeah. somebody like that, you know, but uh that's true. That's that. That's yeah. a good one. Um, All right, number five for you. What is your number five? Number of the five. top top five, and these are not in like any particular no, order. No, I and I like I said, five. I didn't write a list. Um, you know what? I always thought it would be fun. Uh, it kind of goes with what you said about the distributor. I would I would like to run a distillery, like yeah. my own distillery. Not not a bar. Like I don't want to run a bar because I know like margins are small and. The logistics, and then you have your Friday night crowd of, you know, young people coming in and puking everywhere. Like, I, I don't need that. Like, I just want to, like, a master distiller, man. Like, I think those guys are just intelligent. Like, sommeliers. Like, yeah. the the amount of crap they have memorized and know, like, it, it just baffles me. And, and just their, like, what they can pick out. <laughs> oh, absolutely. When they drink something. Yeah. 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 I think running a distillery would be would be fun too yeah yeah I, I a master think, distiller yeah or even just running one you know um you know besides uh now if you have one in your house or whatever don't 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 email me <laughs> yeah, yeah. i don't want to run that one a but. legal <laughs> distillery you want to run a um, legal yeah distillery um just the whole process and the science that goes into that stuff you know is is, is amazing yeah. yeah you know what they say do what you love and you never work a day in your life yeah yeah but i don't want to be like uh what's that what's that discovery channel show the Moonshine? Yeah, the moonshine. I don't want to do that. Like, no, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Stuff. I don't blame. Yeah, yeah, because that's illegal. <laughs> you want to be legal? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not gonna get in trouble. Too funny. Okay, so now we're gonna flip it and do the five worst jobs. Okay. Now I I came up with two so far, so I gotta think of three more off the top of my head. Now, the first one, I want to make sure I preface this is not that it is a worse job than teaching, is that you don't get, I mean, sometimes teachers don't get the respect that maybe we feel we we deserve maybe, but I definitely do not think these people get enough respect, and they put their life on the line every day, and, and that's law enforcement. So I don't think it's a worse job than teaching. I just think that the, um, I, for better word, harassment or, um, it's lack a tougher of job. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, I think the um, you're right, and I would agree. The emotional level, the even the not just the physical, but I would think the mental level of that that stress. Like, yeah, the chance that you're risking your life every single day. You know? Yeah, like you know, and it it's hard enough thinking about like leaving the house after you say goodbye to your kids, and like you know, some some drunk driver could hit you or something. But I, I couldn't imagine. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that would definitely be a uh, tougher job. I'll say tougher job. I'm not going to say worse. Tougher job. Yeah, I think that's a good, I think that's a good way to rephrase the, this kind of segment is, yeah, I, I, I think there's, there's tough jobs. There's tougher jobs. Um, you know, but then again, there's guys out there that empty, you know, porter potties who, and they're jobs that I would never do, but who make way more than we do, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, and I. Yeah, especially if they. You know, if they own the company, too. Yeah, they found a niche area, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. So um, I would say something I'd rather not do um, instead of teaching 
you know, I almost went with the like dirty jobs type of list, like with mm-hmm. Mike Rowe. I, I don't know if I want to go that route because I, I think those are hardworking, good people. Um, something, though, that I would prefer not to do is uh, postal work. Okay. Delivering mail. Like uh, you talk about physical strain. You talk about just um, all kinds of elements. Um, what do they say? Through rain, snow, oh, God. storms? I storms, don't know. I can't monsoons, remember the whatever, yeah. man. Like I, yeah, I, I, as soon as my socks get wet, I'm out. Like I, I can't <laughs> do it. That's the worst thing. <laughs> wet socks are terrible. Yeah, I yeah. I, and I know those, I know those guys and ladies make pretty good money, man. Like, but, um. Yeah, I I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I know. I, 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 I the get ninth it. time I had to run away from a dog or someone who's <laughs> mad I didn't deliver their mail, you know, an hour earlier. Like, no, thank you. I'm out. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, number two. Okay. So I was thinking about this, and this is still in the realm of education. Um, you know, a teaching associate, they have tough, tough jobs. Um, you know, they work with some of the, I don't say most difficult kids. But um, some of the most challenging or, um, you know, maybe the most challenging kids are situations. And, you know, they are there day in, day out. And that's that's tough. So um, I would say, yeah, a teaching associate is is tougher or um, I don't say worse job. But, you know, it's a job I wouldn't want to change from teaching. No, absolutely not. Um, It's the transition, right? Like. You go from like our position in, in kind of designing and implementing and just monitoring programming for students, and then going to if you were to switch over to that parent position, you're you're really just running the program. And I always uh, I always treat the equivalent of like triage nurses, right? Like they're the ones in the trenches doing the work, getting beat on, getting stressed out, getting really not really good pay at all and um and their first point of contact with you know when something goes down with a kid they're the first line of defense yeah Yeah. absolutely they're right in there so you're right i um no i uh five star that one i i completely agree man like um so something i would prefer not to be doing instead of teaching um i would you know what i would have to say um, probably a daycare. Like I, oh, yeah. I couldn't do it. Like so, like for student teaching, we had to work at an elementary school. Uh, little kids, you gotta love them. They love everything. There's not a thing in the world they don't want to do, be a part of, or get into. Right? Like, so there's nothing wrong with that. It's not the kids. It's just, man, oh man, the emotional and just physical and mental toll. You know. Five days in a row <laughs> at a daycare. It takes a, um, a special person. I, I think my daycare worker for my daughter every single day. Like, it, it just, I hope they realize how much of a difference they make. Because nine hours a day, they are with that kid yeah. and multiple no kids. No Not, breaks. Unless there's nap time. Um. Yeah. It's uh, it's a lot different. So well, That's like being in elementary. And I'll, I'll go ahead and jump that into number three. It's still teaching, but being an elementary yeah. teacher, um, because just same with daycares, you are working with young kids that they may have an accident, they have runny noses, they don't know how to take care of certain things. 
yeah, it's at, at least as secondary, especially high school, you can reason with most kids and um, have a conversation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, you're right. Um, you can tell them to take their finger out of their nose and they <laughs> they get it. But. It's, and what's, what's hilarious to me on that note is so many people, when, when I say uh, I'm in, I, I teach special education, they go, God bless you, or it takes a special kind of person. I go, oh, no. It, to me, I'm normal, but it takes a special person to do elementary. Like, seriously, like the hundredth time you've been interrupted in the last 60 seconds as you're trying to give a small lesson or you hear the same story every 10 minutes from the same kid. Like, yeah, I, I, God bless those people. Cause I could not do it. Like, yeah, it is a tough job. That is for sure. Um, was that number th- three? Yeah. So was that number two for you? That was two for me. So I'm on number three. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm thinking here. So that's all right. I would say number three, um, to go along with your, uh, Postal worker, mm-hmm. um, and I have no understanding. I've just heard <laughs> working in an Amazon warehouse. I hear is just crazy. Yeah, everything you've read, right? It's everything I've yeah. heard, read is just. I mean, you have, and maybe it's just not Amazon, but certain things at a certain time. I mean, it is nonstop, and I think it's the same way with drivers. I don't know if you're a driver or working in an Amazon warehouse. Send us an email. Let us know, but. Uh, it's just I've heard that the time the time you gotta get stuff done is just is nuts. It's insane. Yeah, um, yeah. Definitely send us a some kind of uh, experience with that or whatever. Obviously, if we share it, it'll be an- anonymous. But um, love to hear what true experiences those are because obviously sometimes those articles and videos we see might be skewed. And so yeah, absolutely. Definitely want to know the difference. Um, I would say. Uh, I would not want to be the person who drives a vehicle to transport uh, deadly viruses or... (laughs) That is extreme. You know, like, uh, not to be morbid, but gosh, like, to me, I hated wearing masks. Like, (laughs) and I hate being sweaty. And I know wearing those biohazard suits for, like, six hours (laughs) would suck. Now, do you think you have to wear that if you're driving the car? Yeah. Because, like, your vehicle's not airtight. Virus is in the back, locked away. Yeah. You got to drive around it's in a biohazard? It's like a bu- Well, shoot, I would wear, like, the bio suit with another bio suit and ask you to duct tape me because I'm <laughs> not getting I'm not getting that stuff in me, man. Man, like, I don't blame you. Uh, and I know they go in, like, a viral, in a case, within a case, within a security truck. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure. Now, I'm, I'm guessing you could take the helmet off. Um, and then I feel like, on. you know, but then you might as well take the whole suit off. If right. Helmet. But I'd feel like, you know, like Marty McFly and, uh, back to the future <laughs> where they're handling the radiation, you know, like, um, <laughs> yeah, that would be, a, that'd be a tough job. Yeah. Sure. I know that was the extreme, but I, I do think that it is good for perspective. Don't you to think about like, yeah, I mean, so y- your extreme makes me think of another extreme and. This is, I don't think they do this nowadays, but if you were the first guy to test a bulletproof vest. Yeah. I don't think I'd want that job. No. Like, and and to think that that was the reasoning. Like, we need to know if this truly saves a life. Yes. So we're going to put it on somebody. And we hope it stops. <laughs> I don't know what the pay is. I don't know if there's a great insurance policy. I but think it was the be, new guy at work had to wear it. Could be short straw. <laughs> short straw guy has to put on the... Uh, 
put on the old bulletproof vest. Yeah, I, I, yeah, no I, thanks. I don't know about that one. Yeah, but um, yeah, uh, I think that was my number four. Was the bulletproof vest? Bulletproof vest. I think it was four. Oh, interesting, interesting. So I, you're up, number four. Number four. All right. So coming back from the extreme. Okay. But, but keeping on the extreme. Who in their right mind grows up and sit when they're asked in high school what you're what they're gonna wanna be when they grow up says, I wanna be the guy that does X, Y, and Z. Like like driving virals from place to place. Like, you know, is there an aptitude test that comes up that says you're best suited? I think it's the ASVAB. Tra- yeah, I think in high school. <laughs> yeah, I think I think virus driver is one of those. Virus yeah, th- is that a natural title? I don't know. Like uh anyhow, going back. Um I would not want to be a security truck driver. Yeah, that would, um, that would be tough. You know, and I, I haven't put a lot of thought in this, but, you know, like on the same level as, you know, kind of trying to be one of those people that are pretty reflective. Like, I, I don't, it's not even the danger. It is, to me, it is the monotonous routines they go through, right? Like, I mean, every day there is no variance in the moment they clock in to the moment they clock out. Like, no, I don't think so. Same route, same, you know. Same partner, same truck, same uh, clock and schedule, same uh, paperwork. Like I, I, and like I said, I haven't researched it much, but you know, like every now and then, I'll kind of take a look at some of those t- different types of jobs. And yeah, what I've seen, like, and it has to be right, like. Because anything it, out of the norm would... Yeah, you got to stay on an exact schedule. I mean, yeah. if you forget one thing, you, who knows what happens. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. one, I'm sure you get fired. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But, I mean, that would yeah. probably be the least of your problems. Oh, absolutely. Like, now if I forget my keys, it's just I kind of call the office or go across the hall to you, right? <laughs> Have somebody unlock the door for you. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but but that's they're a little like, bit different. You, but if you do, if you forget the keys to the back of the truck, like... Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't think you can call just a locksmith. No. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Right. Number, number five. Oh, I had a I had an idea. You got a number five yet? I do. Go ahead. It's in I'll education. Um, I could not be a high school counselor. That was gonna be one of mine. Uh, or even a middle school counselor. Um, just counselor. Gosh, I school counselor. You know, I could if I could be like um. Like psychoanalyst or some of those psychologists who really work on just being blunt, right? Like, yeah. because to me, like, yeah, I, I think it's important to be empathetic and sympathetic. But on the same token, I think there's a lot of times where people just need the uh, bluntness or kind of answer. abrasive answer, right? Like, because yeah. so much of their life, people have been empathetic or sympathetic in they've become accustomed to hearing people feel sorry for them. And I think at times they just need to be told straight up, right? It's almost like, a good cop, bad cop. Absolutely. You've had a good cop your whole life. Yeah. And this is where it's got you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of that idea, you know, sometimes we tell students like, hey, you know, that they kind of want to do things their way. And, and sometimes I'll just look at them and go, look, hey, you've done things your way for 15 years. Where's it, where's it gotten you? And a lot of times they go, well, not very good. And I go, well, maybe we should try something different, right? Like, yeah. let, let's think about that. Like, that's what we're know. talking about. What's best for students? What really is, you know, what really is best for them? Yeah. I mean, I know we don't want to hurt feelings, but sometimes a blunt answer, you know, or you know, a, a strong consequence for what they've done, is the best thing for them in the future. Oh, absolutely. You know? And you know, like it's like you know, and I completely agree with like Jordan Peterson when he says. 
you know, raise, you know, he talks about raising kids up so they can, you know, survive or operate or be accustomed to the world they're going to be in, right? And yeah. and I'm not, I don't think either one of us are advocating for completely abrasive and no, no empathy or sympathy. But in the same token, we live in a world where there's seven and a half billion people. I mean, our, you know, the kids that we have have to be prepared to live in a world where, where there's so much disconnect. And, yeah. and you're, you're not going to live at home your whole life. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and like you said, with some of our kids, you got to be able to get them ready to go right after high school because yeah. out of high school, they're out of the house and yep. getting a job and yep. they need to know what to be able to do to, to yeah. survive on their own. Yep. And there's real problems. And, and I know everyone's got problems and I know everyone, you know, at times thinks their problems outweigh the problems of, of people around them. But in the same token... I think counselors in general just have a hard job. They do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially a lot of districts now where they're short-staffed, counselors have to play the administrative role or some additional roles because there are some gaps in personnel. So Absolutely, um, yeah. I, I do not envy them, um, but I do respect them and, and highly, highly wish them well because, they yeah, they have a crappy job. So. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Um, okay, so... I was listening to what you're saying, but I was also thinking about what my fifth one is while you're talking, <laughs> and it's in education as well. But uh, a bus driver. Oh my God! Bus drivers have cheers a tough, to you, bus drivers. Because a tough job. Not only do you drive buses for elementary, middle school, and high school. If you know, if a kid's acting up, I mean, you can only really yell because you can't pull the bus over, and unless it's an extreme situation, I mean. You're there trying to deal with that, turn around, tell them to knock it off while you're driving and trying to keep kids safe. And just reminds me of the, uh, in Billy Madison, yeah. like Chris Farley being the bus driver. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is a tough, stressful job. So, yeah, because either you're that, you're the really strict bus driver, right, that doesn't have problems because you're the one who stays on it. Or you're like the the Chris Farley bus driver, right, Who who's just kind of really snapped, snapped and yeah. now is just kind of mentally not there. Um, God, and you remember the bus drivers we had? They were the strict ones. They didn't put oh, up with anything, man. No. Like, um, and I think you could. I mean, I think you could do that back then. And yeah, um, now I just it's just tougher all around. I think. And well, but part of the problem too is they they knew our parents. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Having uh, you know, kids went to school with their parents drive buses. Yeah. That definitely makes a difference. Yeah, because you see them outside of the bus driving and. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're not afraid to talk to your parents if no, you were acting like a fool no. on the bus. <laughs> well, I, like we said, that was not a, a ranking of any kind. And it really, what, and I mean, honestly, um, I, I know I can't speak for Chris, but I know he believes truly that it wasn't a diss on any profession either. Um, but, you know, we were talking about the title of this podcast, and it is The Great Resignation. There are, regardless of the profession, wouldn't you agree, Chris, that there are thousands, if not tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people looking to resign. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you see it, like you were saying, in, in education and other work, you know, other fields as well. And um, when that happens, you need somebody to fill that spot. Um, and that's another thing we're seeing in education, too, is not only are you seeing, you know, uh, a lack of students going into the education field and teachers resigning, you're also seeing a lack of substitutes, and, and now that becomes a problem, and that that's what elevates the stress on um, teachers in the classroom because 
you can read all the articles you want. You see how they talk about um, not having a planning period, which adds yeah. to the stress, yep. which adds to teacher resignation. Yep. And, yeah. And, and that goes to the article I found earlier about what are people doing and what are states doing to, um, you know, combat that lack of subs. And um, there's places around – there's one state that is having National Guard soldiers. They get their pay. They're coming into sub. Mm-hmm. Parents, you know, if they pass the background check and do all that stuff. Yeah. But they, you know, they're not having to do the schooling that subs have had to do in the past. Yeah. And the one that stuck out in my head, in my mind when I was looking at it, which was really shocking, was when they talked about – and let me. I have to find the uh, find the there. There it is. They talk about a school district that's allowing people as young as eighteen to be subs. Oh, geez. In a classroom. Oh, geez. I mean, to oh, me, that gosh. just spells possible disaster. Well, absolutely. Um, and, and you know what? We we obviously don't know the the context or the background of that one. Yeah, I'd be interested to see like what the discussions were about that age, right? Like if it was an arbitrary one, if it was because those people are joining the workforce. But but I think on one sense, I think a lot of you out there would probably agree there there has to be a a, a bold big line that that's drawn in the sand about the requirements for teaching, right? Because yeah, and- we're not going to degrade or devalue the education that we all have. And if you guys are all out there like I am and Chris are, you probably have thousands of dollars in student debt because you went through the process that was spelled out with the high expectations to become a teacher. And, you know, you think about universities now removing ACT, SAT requirements to get into colleges and universities, you're looking at, um, even our state is looking at only requiring people to have four years of work experience um, and then take the praxis. And I think about the the time that we've all spent, whether that was in student teacher, practicum, um, those first, like if you were like me, the first six years struggling um, to make any kind of good impression and to be a good educator – and here I am in my 13th, 14th year of teaching and still kind of struggling to see where that value is. And and then to have somebody come in who who's never taught before or whatever and, and be right beside you, right? On the same pay scale, the same value, the same skills, right? And yep. Yeah, and I can see, um, you know, there are some people out in, you know, in the business world, whoever maybe that's not, that are not in education that... They get that calling. Mm-hmm. You know, they maybe they get it call, the calling later in life than we did, obviously. Um, but they have that desire to teach, and, and they are a master in their field. Yeah, absolutely. 100%, I agree that if we can give them – I mean, classroom management is a, is different than running a crew at a construction site. If you want to become a, you know, a teacher in, uh, in, in like, construction class and things right. like that. And, um, but I, I think there should be another pathway – to allow those who want to transition into teaching. Now, I don't think it should be just taking a praxis test and here's your certificate and here you go. I think they're do maybe, you know, shorten the amount of schooling just for the fact that they have mastered this trade outside of education, but you know that you do need that um, 
you know, student teaching part of it. Right. You need to do some of that and you need to do some of the, that classroom management. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was able to find that article and it's from the AP. Um, it says in Kansas, the state board of education has begun allowing districts to hire substitute teachers as young as 18 and with little more than a high school diploma after waiving, uh, waiving requirements, they have at least 60 college credits. So that's, I mean, to me, that is just, it's mind-boggling. Do we need subs? Absolutely. 60, but to put an 18-year-old yeah. kid. And think about how many hours 60 credits amounts to. I mean, if the average class is three credits, uh, I mean, that's yeah. 180 hours we're saying that we can we can cut. Like, yeah, that is insane. Yeah, and it's, I mean, maybe in an elementary school, but I, I cannot see that working. I mean, even as a... As a kid out of college, you still feel like you're not that much older, and you're not that much older than kids that are in high school. Now, an 18-year-old kid, and I don't know where they're going to put the kids, and maybe they won't have anybody that's 18 that wants to be a sub. I, I don't know. But to me, that just that becomes a problem. Well, and then, yeah, and I'm not dissing anyone from Kansas, but because I don't know their situation, and maybe they have a stark difference than other states, but... I, I, I don't know about you and what you would say, Chris, but I can think back to when I was 18. There's no way in, in any realm I was prepared to teach a group of 25 kids anything. No. Like, geez Louise, at 18, I, I, I think I was still trying to figure out, you know, if my pants matched my shirt. Like, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then to go into a classroom of, of elementary kids and teach them the alphabet and how to reason and how to yeah they're yeah yeah and, I, and even as a like you know as a sub you follow sub plans that are, yeah. should be left by a teacher yeah not i don't think they always are but i mean even that is just having that classroom management i mean what do you do i know as like when i was a new father having a kid that had an accident i can't imagine being an 18 year old kid and all of a sudden oh. you know a kindergartner comes up to you and yeah, no. but I can even imagine being a parent, going to parent-teacher conferences, and yep. and not saying this is an ageism thing, but looking at a teacher who's telling me my kid is having difficulties and going, okay, how do you know this? Like, you know, oh, yeah. you're reading a chart? Well, well, tell me what experience <laughs> you has that says the yeah. chart is correct, right? Like, like, I want some definitive information, and um, I think they're going to have... They're going. I hope that Kansas and those districts that are doing that have have talked to their lawyers, their district lawyers, about kind of the the possible outcomes, right? Like I would think that uh, before they do anything, they would, yeah, it, you know, make sure oh legality wise, yeah. Uh, but it, it, you know, it is yeah. a problem we have a, a lack of teaching, lack yeah. of subs, and yeah. Um, but the state, our state. I, they're starting to do, and I, I talked about this a little bit last year, which was education fell behind what, what nursing was doing, right? Like they, they still required their, their nurses who were going into the field of nursing to still meet specific requirements. But what they did is they cut down that, um, practicum or internship or whatever that's called. And I said that's what teachers, the teaching uh, profession should have done. So anyone in their uh, practicum or student teaching should have been able to sub, right? Yeah. I, because it just makes sense because it's essentially the same thing. It's real-world scenario, oh, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, real-world practice. 
Um, Absolutely. And and uh, even if they would have said, okay, only K through eight, we're, we're gonna do that for. Think about the amount of subs that would have freed up. Yeah. Um. And I know, Chris, you and I had this conversation many years ago, but we are we are we are students of history, and we can look back and say. Everyone kept talking for many years that there was going to be a huge retirement from the amount of retirements from the baby boomers. Yep. And I know you and I had that conversation about what are people going to do or districts going to do when that happens? Because it's going to hit education. It's not like people in their 60s, six, mid, late 60s are going to want to stay in teaching. I mean, they're, they're almost to their rule of whatever, 88 or whatever it is. And, yeah, yeah, and I think that was coming up, right? Yeah. And then some of those teachers were retiring, were subbing. Yeah. Right. They still wanted to be in education, but then all of a sudden the pandemic hits as well. Yeah. Now you have the baby boomers retiring, retiring. They're you know we're given you, options to retire. Yeah. We're given options to retire. They you know they start sub start subbing mm-hmm. right. So you're losing some of those people. You still have some, and now all of a sudden you talk about the pandemic and the threat of getting a virus in school. Now you said those people that are the most affected or most the chance to get it are going to not sub. We saw that too. So now you have a pool of subs shrinking down because those baby boomers retired. They were subbing. Now they don't even want to sub. Yep. And by that time, you know, you don't see a lot of them coming back. Yeah, and there was already a shortage before the pandemic. And a few years before the pandemic, stats came out from the BOEE or whoever, and they were already saying there was going to be a shortage of teachers. Um, and then, like you said, you you throw on the pandemic, and then you throw in kind of really – um, educators and districts, man, they, I've never seen them hated like they were in the last two years. Um, yeah, it's so much anger and just disagreement on how to do things. And, and, and rightfully so, right? Cause the district should be a reflection of your community. Um, and if the district isn't, you know, making decisions based on the, what the community is, is wanting, then I think there should be some disagreement, right? So Yeah, I think so. And I think we got to a point, and we don't need to hash the whole pandemic, but I think we got to a point where nobody really knew what we should do. Yeah. So you're kind of throwing darts at the wall. Oh, absolutely. And, and you can't blame anybody because yeah. it's something nobody's ever gone through before. So, And I think that's where we, you know, going back to the title of the show, The Great Resignation, on that backside of that, you're starting to see – um, the stress buildup, the um, you know the workload that is having some people take that chance of I'm getting out of teaching, you know. Yeah, so. and I think that wouldn't you agree though? Like a lot of the stress has shifted from curriculum and test scores to classroom management and even dealing with mental health, right? Like, oh yeah, absolutely, right. Yeah. And you're you're right. The the title is the Great Resignation. I I truly believe, and for and if anyone disagrees, we'd love to hear your opinion. Please, please, please reach out through email or whatever about your experience. But I truly believe there are a lot of people, teachers, on the fence before the pandemic. Um, and we, God bless teachers because a lot of teachers always have the perspective of if I leave the classroom then what right like with kids like they're like if i leave the classroom um i'm going to be leaving these these students these kids the families that i've built relations with and and you're right i i i think whatever we want to call it if you want to blame the pandemic but i i do think the added level of stress 
um, the last couple of years has put on everybody um, brings a lot of people to the breaking point. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And, and that's what we're seeing now. So um, I think that's probably a good good stopping point. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, sorry it took so long to get episode two out. Hopefully we're planning on getting episode two next week. Or, excuse me, episode three next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really want to start having guests on as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, we hope you enjoyed uh, this week's episode, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Yeah. And also, if you have a suggestion on, like, a guest, like, as far as, like, if you would like to hear from an administrator, um, a, a teacher, instructional coach, uh, even just a, a general ed teacher of, of some subject, yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear your suggestions yeah absolutely reach out to us um you can send us an email at belly up to the blackboard podcast at gmail.com um we also we're on twitter and instagram uh if you want to follow us on twitter it's at belly up pod and instagram is at belly up to the blackboard podcast and then also go ahead and subscribe to us um on whichever platform you use to listen to your podcast we'd love to see um you know last year or last month i was tracking downloads just seeing how many we got and we just love to see it and we'd love to hear from you guys and uh with suggestions you know any ideas um if you think you'd be a great guest email us too and and let's talk but uh we appreciate it and thank you guys for listening